0: I'm not here to poke holes and suspended disbelief.
1: Anyway, they see some weird shit, they decide to make a baby.
0: Thou working merchant. Who gives a fuck? Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil is a lot better. So, yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle.
1: If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone. Yeah. I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier.
0: Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, he was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it.
1: <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. And a thrill intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts, some people stay seated to wipe their butts. Like it just
0: as I mentioned at the uh, tail end of our last episode, uh, what's going on in my life lately is um, I had the wonderful experience of um, finding out that students of mine had found my TikTok. Now, by itself, finding my TikTok was not any huge big deal. The, the issue was uh, my TikTok account was not locked down quite as tightly as I thought it was. And although nothing in any of my videos on TikTok is in any way controversial, well, okay, I mean, it's controversial, but it's like, you know, Star Wars fandom controversial, not like, you know, big deal, political, like anything controversial. Um, The, the issue uh, turned out to be, That um, I thought I had things like my following, like who I was following and my likes and all that kind of stuff locked down so those couldn't be viewed. Apparently somehow students were able to view who I was following on TikTok. And the problem that this caused is that um, some of the people I follow on TikTok are cosplayers. And so, a student um, who who had found my TikTok account went to our sixth grade school counselor and said, "Counselor's name, look what Mr. Blaylock has on his TikTok." And it was it was a video of a Spider Man cosplay, a, a woman doing a Spider Man cosplay, wearing a Spider Man costume and and doing a TikTok dance in it. Um. It is. It is not salacious. It is not lewd in any way, shape, or form. But apparently, like this, this for some reason, you know, this this caused concern for the student because you know teachers shouldn't be interested in those things. I don't know. Anyway, um, I I had to go through and um, block down my my account on tiktok uh turned my account to private um eliminated a number of followers anybody who had uh followed me within like three days of that event i i kicked off as followers um anybody who was clearly a student of mine i blocked um and then i went to two separate co-workers and said i need you to do me a favor I need you to look look me up on. Do you have TikTok? Yes. Okay. I need you to look me up on TikTok, and I need to check something. And found out that okay, I've got the settings all locked down properly, so that's not going to be a problem again. Um, then followed by one of them going, "Oh yeah, no, you mentioned your podcast. Yeah, where where is that? What is that? Uh, yeah, no, it's a Geek History of Time. Here here's what you do. Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely going to check that out, man. That's cool. So I gained an adult follower for the for the podcast. Yay. Um and then I also went in and double checked on Twitter and just in case I changed my Twitter handle. Um just because in a in a fit of paranoia I wanted to make sure that wouldn't wind up causing the same set of issues. So that's that's pretty much what that was all about. And um you know, I had thought that morality clauses for teachers had had become a thing of the past, but it's interesting the view that students have of us as like furniture, hmm. you know, like we don't have interests outside of our job. We don't have, you know, like just it's it's shocking to them that they might find that i was watching a video of somebody in a spider-man costume like i don't know anyway it was it was frustrating and momentarily very scary um but uh it's it's under control now and uh yeah i'm 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 that was that was a moment of um close to panic <laughs> Uh, but you you pointed out to me in our conversation that, you know, if they if they make it to the podcast, number one, the podcast is clearly labeled as not being for anybody their age. And number two, nobody's going to go parsing, uh, you know, 12 episodes about Batman or Gerald Ford and not Gerald Henry Ford or Gerald Ford, for that matter, uh, in order to, you know, uh, find anything out about our, our political bent. So, you know, I'm no longer nearly as worried about it. about you
1: well i'm damien harmony i'm a latin teacher and a u.s history teacher up here in northern california at the high school level um and as often happens uh i have something coming into this and uh then i'm just like enraptured with your story
0: completely Mm. forget about mine okay Uh, so (laughs) Sorry I did that. <laughs> no, I don't
1: I don't mind it at all. Um so yeah, there's there's not much that I can that I can think of um to be perfectly honest. I will say this. Mm. Um that I am incredibly I'm still seeing dividends of the work that my union did last year with our strike. Okay. Um, for instance a local nearby union which I will not name uh, gave 10% raise to its teachers which I was very happy to see I thought that was pretty badass another local school district um, their opener by their district was 10% for the first year 5% for the second year 3% for the third year
0: district holy shit
1: yeah. Um that's pretty awesome to, to hear that, about that
0: that my God on an ordinary year, three percent is like, all right, well, you know. You're right. We'll but go with that. Okay, 18
1: fine. over three years is
0: sweet. chimney Christmas.
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh my district gave us, I think, four, <laughs> four and a half. My God. Um, and we struck for eight days. Uh but nearby districts are <laughs> uh offering uh much, much higher. Uh yeah. which is awesome because ultimately uh one strengthens the other, right? So well, yeah, if we can um if if you'll indulge me for a second, when yeah. Kevin Nash went to WCW and Scott Hall went to WCW, uh they had something called the favored nations clause. So Scott Hall goes in and he gets favored nations clause, so that anybody who comes in at a higher rate than him, he automatically gets a raise to match them.
0: OK, Kevin so Nash me too, came in me too. clause.
1: Yeah, Kevin Nash came in, also got a favored nations clause. And he and Scott talked to each other ahead of time. And Scott's like, dude, try to come in and hire that I did. And why is that? Well, I got a favored nations. Oh, get a favored nations. And so they were able to get raises within the first year just by doing that. And what I mean, they're independent contractors uh, and mm-hmm. and probably believed quite a bit in their own exceptionality. But ultimately what they were doing doing was a form of unionizing yeah um a a collective bargaining by proxy if you will um yeah but uh so i love that districts all around me Mm -hmm. are giving fat raises to their teachers um on some level maybe not fat but rather thick raises like long overdue raises but good raises i'm
0: I'm gonna argue 18 percent over three years is a pretty fat fucking It's it is, but then I take like, a look
1: at what inflation is doing.
0: Well, yeah. you, I mean, so yeah, there's, they're there's still inflation. getting ahead,
1: but they're yeah. not getting ahead that much. And to be perfectly honest, they had been kept. Uh, they're they're they had the same problem as a former district of yours had, where they would lose people in the middle. Mm. So um, I'm really glad to see that because I'm, I'm trying
0: I'm, to do I'm trying to do the math in my head about which district that is that you're talking about because ah. I I'm I haven't been paying close enough and I should be paying closer attention not a problem Two negotiations of of other districts other than mine but like trying to figure out which one that is
1: okay but uh, anyway but uh, but I really like that others are doing that because when we get to open up for negotiations we can say mm, you know what you can't say that we're the highest paid in the area because look at what's happened over here here and here mm-hmm. so your idea of relative deprivation in reverse is not going to work um, yeah now open up your books and let's look at what you've got and let's look at what we can do to retain and recruit better teachers so it's it's a it's a good thing um and and also i'm just seeing teachers getting taken care of finally in 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 a field where we're constantly expected to sacrifice and live this forced asceticism
0: yeah so i i have to say there are there are occasions on which you talk to me outside of the of the podcast you talk to me about you know uh your your negotiation team having to deal with your particular district mm-hmm. and there's a part of me that wonders if it might not be i don't know if constructive is the right word but but if you might not just think about walking in sometime and going let me show y'all the magic trick <laughs> here's a pencil
1: yeah, I doubt it'll work with them.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, you know, because the pencil is gone. Just like,
1: no, it, and, and here's lawyer. why it would they just will, take one lawyer. They, they know like, it won't. Uh, but here, here's <laughs> another reason why just because something is manifestly told in front of them by an expert or shown in front of them doesn't mean they won't pass a resolution literally to its opposite within 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, I know. so yeah, all right. Anyway, anyway. I just, I, and picture is that being the kind of way you have to approach negotiations. No, no. Oh, okay.
1: I'm, you know, we actually approach it in the way that I, I have always enjoyed approaching negotiations, which is we're always going to start from a place of good faith. And then when you step outside of that, we will call you on it and try to bring you back to good faith. Like okay. there's, there's no need for us to, to go anything other than straightforward um, because they're the ones that do all the dancing. I mean, it's like yeah. watching, Yokozuno wrestle against you know uh brett hart like yeah. brett does all the movement yoko yeah. stands in the middle you know yeah
0: okay fair so, fair all
1: right so when last we fair. left we were talking yes. um israel and uh egypt yes and, and the efforts of jimmy Nadine carter
0: and sadat and mm-hmm. carter yeah camp David chords yeah and right. uh
1: and and again carter Loses his bid for re-election, but not before getting the Camp David Accords signed, uh, which is good. And and that, of course, leads to uh, Sadat getting killed in eighty-one um, by Islamic Jihad in October of eighty-one. Um, as as you might remember, um, mm-hmm. there there is film on it if you feel like being disturbed. Um,
0: you mean and, of his of his assassination? Of his by... assassination, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they, they grenades, like, took part guns. in a parade. Yep. Just yeah, ran
1: over and started. Yeah, it's awful. just ran
0: over and started shooting with automatic weapons, yeah. flinging grenades. Yeah, it was. It's pretty awful.
1: Yeah. So this is the 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 reality that's happening. Uh, while the final parts of the Dark Crystal are are being finalized, being put together, uh, filming is done. The studio is waiting to release it. Um, so let's look at the movie itself. Uh, this this particular episode, um, we follow Jen, a uh, young Gelfling, uh, who is the last of his kind that he's aware of, mm-hmm. um, and he's been raised by the Mystics, and the Mystics are these really large, um, hunched over, aged, uh, yeah, and I can't weathered looking very. I can't. I mean, they look almost like, honestly, an apatosaurus. Kinda. Yeah. Long neck. Well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, but they're clearly mammals. They've got hair. They've got long hair, and they wear, uh, rags. Not, not ripped up, terrible rags, but just it's clear that like they're not here for the fashion. Yeah. Um, and so these are the mystics. Uh, there's only ten mystics left. Um, and, uh, and then there's nine. Uh, because almost immediately when the movie starts, Jen's, like the movie starts on Jen's master's last day on Thra. Yeah. Um, and the wisest of the mystics, the the first among equals, I guess, mm. um, dies right before telling Jen, uh, well, right after telling Jen that he has a special calling um, and that Jen must heal the dark crystal by using the the shard, mm. which has been lost to the sands of time. So, um, and then the mystics all kind of just like, well, they They've summon had, Jen with yeah. their, with their, uh, deep throat face, singing, yeah, throat singing call, just, you know, oh, oh, which, which yeah. is pretty cool. Cause each of them has a slightly different tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's very simple. Yeah. And so they summon Jen, he talks to his master, his master lays his head down on a bed that's specially made for the mystics. Um which is just basically like wood that's fit into mm-hmm. their shape and he yoda's out um yeah before dissolves yoda, yoda's into motes
0: of light yeah
1: not even motes um literally just fades away disappears oh okay um and that's that's very akin to what yoda did but this is before yoda did it yeah so uh that kind of sets jen on the hero's journey right mhm so um, but there's also Skexis in the movie yes. and uh, Skeksis are these, there's also 10 of them. Um, yep. and on the same day, they're all gathered around their emperor who is sick and convalescing in bed. Um, and, uh, just doesn't seem to be able to make it. And the Skeksis are these large vulture looking things, huge beaks, um, bony looking, very and decayed into gradually
0: feathers. Yeah. Whereas the yeah. other
1: ones looked aged. These look decomposed. Um, yeah they
0: look dead they look undead and
1: and they're wearing clothing that was once nice and is now dusty and old and brittle
0: and and uh their colors are all very very heavily saturated yes very very dark tones very heavily saturated but also like you said look like it's kind of rotting off of them
1: yes like
0: like imagine imagine uh, any one of the images of Queen Elizabeth the First with that huge, elaborate kind of ruff, right, and the and the and the and the bodice and the and the huge gown, right, and then, and then, bury then imagine her for four
1: hundred years, yeah, and then <laughs> dig good. her back up, and
0: then dig her back up, and imagine yeah. what that outfit would look like, and that's it. It's like yeah. they they've been wearing their opera clothes for the last century without ever taking it off or yes. washing it, yeah. Like you can yeah.
1: smell them by looking at them.
0: Oh yeah, and it's, and it's not putrid. a pleasant smell. Yeah. It's
1: bad. Yeah. They, you know what they remind me of? Of rotting flowers.
0: Oh, that's a good. That's a really good metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. when the emperor. Well,
1: we're gonna get to that. We're gonna. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So they're all gathered around the emperor, watching yeah. him, breathe his last. Um, and one of them, Chamberlain. Hmm.
0: Mm.
1: that guy um he goes to reach for the emperor's scepter uh and the emperor grabs it and says i am still emperor and he says it shakingly haltingly it's clear that he's like he talks like he has dust in his throat and seconds later he turns to he lays back breathes out his last and he crumbles in this really disturbing way for a kid in the 1980s yeah um and, and so whereas the mystic disappeared and faded away, this emperor, um, and coincidentally, the mystic just died, and now the emperor of the Skeksis died. So now there's only nine of them, mm-hmm. too. Weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the emperor crumbles into emperor dust. Yeah. Um, but they're like clumpy dust. It's not even like... And then he turns into like the sands of time, like you see in a Michael Jackson video. Oh in the no, 90s. no,
0: it's it's like it's like clumps of charcoal.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. Um, it is. Yeah. Desiccated. It's, it's charcoal. bad. It yeah. is. It
0: is. It radiates evil. Um, it, it. Yeah. It, it. It puts one in mind of the ending of Time Bandits. No, mom, dad, don't but touch it. It's evil. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. Yeah. And then as soon as uh, he dies, Chamberlain goes to grab the scepter. And he yes. even says it's time to make my move. And yeah, and they have cloistered off into different groups. Um, and uh, Chamberlain goes and grabs a scepter, and the general s- screams at him to lay down that scepter. Mm-hmm. And then they challenge each other for leadership. So leadership matters, ambition matters. Um, and power. And, yeah, power. And so they challenge each other, and it's, it's the dumbest challenge I've ever seen. Um, Chamberlain says trial by stone. Uh, and the emperor or the, the general agrees trial by stone yeah. and, you know, everybody starts yelling and, and, and the Skeksis are really big on cheering on every fight that exists between them. It's yeah. like the cruelty is the point.
0: Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But, mm-hmm. uh, the skexies have this, this trial by phone, by phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> trial by phone. Yes. Dial.
1: Uh, and it's, it's all like, you know, rotary. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> They have trial by stone, and they bring up a stone, which has been hit a few times, and they basically, they have ceremonial swords, and they basically take turns hitting the stone. Yeah. Chamberlain goes first, the Emperor goes second, Chamberlain goes third. General, Sorry, yes, the the and then the General goes fourth, and so the General wins. Yeah. And that always bothered me, because, like, well, he, like... The first hit's gonna weaken it. The second hit's gonna win, you know. And and yeah, yeah. It, eh. um, you know, it's yeah. not like it's baseball where you you had an inning. You know, it's <laughs>
0: I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is. But, it you know more 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 the fool, uh, Chamberlain for choosing that particular challenge. Right
1: with the general. <clears> right. Yeah,
0: with with the general. Number one, yeah. choosing a trial of strength against a figure who is militant yeah and and then um you know i i don't i don't remember how the how the back and forth thing went but how did they determine who went first like no you want the other guy to go first uh,
1: well and and maybe it's like standard strategy. dueling rules you, yeah. you challenge a guy he gets to choose all the things and then he gets to shoot first too that's a little yeah whatever yeah. but okay so so there's a struggle for power chamberlain loses and they immediately strip him and banish him um, and so then you get to basically see a naked skexus, which is just, I mean, harrowing. If you, if Deadpool took off his mask, that would be more of a comfort to you than <laughs> a naked skexus.
0: Deadpool is at least recognizably like human, mammalian. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Chamberlain looks like a turkey vulture with
0: um, mange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And leprosy. Yeah. And it's, mean, gross. It's, it's gross, it's bad. So it's and then bad. he gets he yeah. gets
1: exiled. So yeah, which which I I also still find funny. Okay, so you're the emperor of like eight mystics,
0: and you or just banish one of them.
1: Yeah, 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 eight skeksis, and you just banish one of them. Like whoo. Yeah. So hey, the cruelty is the point. I guess so. Yeah. Um. Better better to be Augustus Romulus than it is to be uh not. Yeah. Uh, so. So anyway, back to Jen. Jen uh is is off wandering trying to find and he plays music and stuff like that but trying to find the shard um and he meets agra yes uh who is also horrifying in her own vibrant kind of way but like vibrant in the same way that like like if if black licorice was a human being
0: like that taste
1: <laughs> of Anaïs, you
0: know. Uh I love I love you're you're killing it yeah. with the with the analogies tonight. That's great. Like, yeah, I love that. If that metaphor. flavor was a human. That would be Agra. Yeah. yeah that's not um... that's not at all wrong. Um it on on a, on a certain level, she's kind of the uh grim fairy tale version of Edna Mode.
1: Yeah. I mean she's a crone, right? Yeah, she's, she's well a yeah, crone.
0: She, the, that is that is the role she plays in the story right. for sure.
1: Yeah. So she she has an orrery. I could never say that word orrery um which is orrery yeah, yeah two r's and then e r y so go look yeah. that up you're welcome you'll have a really cool uh wikipedia page to Entry. tumble down yeah um so she's digging it there um she has the shard um but she is as augra as augra gets right so she can pull her own eye out and hold it up to look at things yeah. uh, which is weird she's got horns she's got she's got rags she got nipples um and a and a dump truck of an ass um she does <laughs> so <laughs> that's all there <laughs> she also commands like all the flora in the area yeah um and she brings jen into her orrery and yeah. she basically like teases him and tells him about the great conjunction which is where thra has three sons yeah and how they're all going to come together. And when that happens, bad things are going to happen forever or the place will get saved. Um, and if you have the shard and you heal the dark crystal with the shard, in in other words, stick the thing in the thing and the world yeah. will be better. Right. So yeah. reverse of Excalibur.
0: Yeah, actually.
1: Makes um, sense. He's an, he's an orphan as well. Uh, yeah. So she's clearly wise. She is eclectic and erratic, but uh, she is clearly wise. And right before she can tell him what he has to do, the Skeksis who have seen Jen in the dark crystal, because the the crystal called to them right after they stripped Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. Um, And they see that there's actually still Gelfling left. And they're like, oh, the Gelfling are are prophesied to destroy the Skeksis. So let's, you know, and so the general, now the emperor, calls out the Gartham, which are these giant beetle creatures. Um, Horrifying, by the horrifying. way. Horrifying, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, he calls them out, and they're there to go hunt down Jen. Um, and so they break in and destroy her home, uh, and her orrery, and Jen escapes barely. Um, now he is trying to figure out which one is the dark crystal, and he plays uh certain notes, and that causes the crystal to resonate, and that's how he's able to f- see it. Um, the mystics hear that call. When that happens, and they start their long and slow plotting migration plotting migration. Um, and originally, uh, the crystal, like I said, showed Jen that he or showed the Skexis that Jen was coming to heal the crystal. Um, and for some reason, they don't want that to happen. There are reasons that are explained in the later prequels, but they're not really explained in the movie or or subsequently. Mm. Um. So the mystics uh, get moving slowly to the crystal castle um, and Jen goes through a really neat swamp um, and he meets the only other one of his kind named Kira. So mm-hmm. just happens that, you know, she's in that swamp. Um, she and Jen meet and uh, by chance and then they dream fast, which is this really cool thing that that Gelfling can do apparently where they touch hands and they can share all of their memories with each other. I believe the word is grokking.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. They can well, grok yeah. each other. They grok one another. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, and they hang out with her adopted people who are the podlings, the potatoes, mm-hmm. um, who love music. And Jen loves music. So there's all kinds of dancing. And it's 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 really fun. It's as if Fraggle Rock had less color and less cheer, but more <laughs> chaos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah, good analogy. So, see that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're hanging out with her adopted people. She tells them all about how the Gartham like killed her parents and stuff like that. So her her family dying is within living memory, um, and and she's also dream fasted with him. So, uh, you know, she now knows about the mystics. And I mean, mm-hmm. they're living a very isolated from each other life. They're living a very isolated from their own culture kind of life. Mm-hmm. They've kind of taken on the values and cultures of those that they've lived with. So she with the podlings and her connection to nature, he with the mystics and his connection to mathematics and literature. Um okay. the Gartham, the Gartham attack yet again. <laughs> and and Kira and Jen flee. Um and the next day, um, and he strikes one of the Gartham with the uh with the shard as it's trying mm-hmm. to grab at Kira, and it rings out. And meanwhile, the Gartham are taking all the pod people prisoner mm-hmm. because. The the pod people are consumables by the Skexies, essentially. Yeah. So they the next day, uh, you know, they they spend it like in the bush, kind of hiding. Um, they wake up and they see that they're actually hiding out by ancient ruins. Um, and uh what I love is that Jen is actually able to read it and she's like, and she's like, What are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm reading the words, and she's like, or I'm reading the writing. And she said, what's writing? And he says, words that stay. Mm-hmm. And I love that description. That's an amazing
0: line. Yeah. yeah. That stuck with me too. Yeah. Ever since. Yeah.
1: And so he says, you know, basically, um, I forget the exact wording for it, but essentially um, by Gelfling hand or else by none, uh, what was once the two shall now become one. Um,
0: yeah. That and it sounds about right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm I'm probably mixing things up, but I think I've got the the end of the lines right. Yeah. So, um, you know, you you've got uh the prophecy that is on on the stone, um, about what he's supposed to do, and it, it shows what he's supposed to do, and it shows the the mystics coming in on one side, and the 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 skeksis being on the other side, and it shows him holding the uh the the, the shard. Um, it shows all that in on the stone, and he's able to explain to her what his destiny is, and he's able to find figure it out. And that's all great. And then Chamberlain shows up. Naked, naked Chamberlain. um, Who, the (laughs) night before, had followed the Gartham. And he actually stopped Gartham from chasing Jen and and Kira. So that's why they survived, was because Chamberlain interceded on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Because Chamberlain sees an opportunity to regain his place. So, they run into Chamberlain. Chamberlain explains that the prophecy is that a Gelfling will heal the Dark Crystal and do something or other, and that's why the Skeksis feared the Gelfling and killed them all off. An important detail that I will come to in later episodes. Um, So, so far, we've got Hero's Journey, we've got an exile trying to get back into the good graces of those who exiled him, um, and a clear delineation between good and evil, and a karmic bond between that good and evil. And you've got a crazy lady with a removable eye who knows more than she'll ever tell anyone. Okay. But Jen is destined to heal the crystal before the Great Conjunction. Uh, and when all the suns line up, he's got to have it healed by then. And he ends up doing so. Uh, there's some sneaking in that has to happen. Uh, they they get on to the striders, which... When I was young, I saw the Lance Riders and then I saw the next day somebody had broken their leg or something and they were walking around on crutches. I'm like, oh, they can move so much faster on crutches than we can than walking. Because yeah. I realized that it was the same locomotion. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, like when I'd snap my ankle, um, you know, first couple of days you're like, you know, kind of slow on it. But a couple of days after that, I was cruising. You You can vault. You Yeah. Yeah. Quite so. So. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they, they hop on the, the 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 Lance Riders. By the way, she's got a little pet with her, which is just basically a fuzzball with teeth and tiny little feet. Fizz gig, right? Yes. Um, and they're on Lance Riders, and she calls them, and she calls them to her. Um, there's also, I think, crystal bats that are spying on them that she hits with a sling, which is kind of oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she calls them to her, and uh, she has the ability to talk to the creatures um yeah and, it's
0: it's it's yeah. really clear she's the ranger and he's the wizard
1: like oh uh, interesting
0: maybe sorcerer but i get i get kind of wizard vibes I reading i always writing, had
1: jen as being the uh fighter he doesn't okay do much magic stuff
0: yeah well okay true he's,
1: he's a fighter whose whose dump stat is not intelligence okay fair yeah
0: fair. so all right. But constitution uh, is probably a dumpster. Yes. <laughs>
1: Strength maybe.
0: Um yeah, which yeah. is a counterintuitive build, but mm-hmm. he uses all finesse weapons. So okay. Yeah, all I was right, gonna yeah, say maybe. it was in the all days right, yeah.
1: before the monk. Uh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> although I, I was playing D D recently and I've got a friend who um I mean, you know, he, he tries really hard not to be a Grognard, but like I built a monk that's a strength-based monk. And he's like, okay. your party's going to suffer for that. Like, you, you know, you, you're not maximizing what you've got. I'm like, I'm going with a different concept. It's going to be OK. Like, I still have mobility. Yeah. I, I still have this. I, I know,
0: know. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I
1: know what I'm you doing. Know, yeah. I can point to several characters. But but anyway, so Jen yeah. is, uh, you know, he's he. So okay. she she calls the land striders. He hops on and uh, they're going just super fast because that's what land striders do. And at one point, he says, the prophets didn't mention this, uh, didn't say anything about this. And she shouts back, prophets don't know everything, which she has all these cute little glib lines. Um, They try to sneak into uh, like the back channels of the uh, of the palace. Yeah, of the palace. And at one point, uh, I don't remember if this happens before or after, but essentially you have, you know, I keep talking about the good and evil, right? Mm hmm um the the good is represented by the land striders they're all white creatures the evil is represented by the gartham right yeah Uh, the land striders are furry they are um bat-like or laporial Mm -hmm. um but then they're also you know they're hoofed um whereas the uh and they're they're long-legged and whereas the gartham are short squat round and they've got a carapace
0: yeah and one gigantic claw
1: yeah and so grab claw they fight and it's very visually obvious and you know they fight and pretty much it comes to a standstill yeah um and at some point jen and kira i think have to jump for safety yeah and at that point she unfurls her wings and Hmm. he's like you have wings and she says of course i do silly all girls have wings um Which again, he grew up an orphan completely cut off from his culture, and apparently the mystics didn't think enough to tell him
0: oh, about yeah, anything about his
1: culture. Yeah. yeah, Much less the wingedness of the females of the species.
0: Here's here's an, a, a, a parallel that just struck me. The mystics are very much like elder Martians from um Heinlein. Okay. Um, in in that Um they are they they don't they don't think about things in terms of gender. The the elder Martians in um god damn it. Um anyway, the Valentine. I'm completely forgetting the title of the flipping novel. Uh Stranger in a Strange Land. Gee many Christmas, why did it take me that long to remember that? Anyway, uh the, the Elder Martians in Stranger in a Strange Land uh, are the are the sage, uh uh ascetic, mm-hmm. uh highly intellectual, incredibly wise, you know, older form of Martian life. And one of the things that winds up being a problem for the main character in Stranger in a Strange Land is he is a human man mm-hmm. who was raised by these elder Martians. And so he gets to earth Mm -hmm. and he is completely captivated by and mystified, mystified by, uh, sex and gender and Uh, the, 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 that duality, because that was something that the elder Martians never bothered to say anything about. Right. And so it's kind of the same with Jen is like, Oh, you're a girl. What,
1: What does that mean? What does that mean? Right. And she had at least some knowledge of her family lineage because she remembers her mother and she remembers stuff like that. Um, And she was
0: raised by frankly, a mortal species.
1: That's true. That's very true. She was raised by podlings, but you know, they wouldn't have had wings, but
0: no, I mean, the wings thing is a specific deal, but I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of, of, you know, Jen's, Jen's particular level of, of cultural, uh, uh, blindness, yeah, you know, goes beyond just, you know, well, all girls have wings, silly, to like not even really totally understanding what, what girl means. Sure, like, sure, you know. Anyway. So,
1: so yeah, they, they, they get to safety. Um, I think Chamberlain maybe lets them in. I forget exactly what happens there, but, uh, or no, he finds them in the, uh, in the, in the passageway. So yeah. they're they're getting there, and eventually, uh, essentially, um, they capture her. Um, yeah. There is a. well, Chamberlain does he does capture her, and the uh, Jen uses the dark crystal and stabs Chamberlain, which mm-hmm. causes him to bleed. And then we cut to the Mystics, and one of them, their hand starts bleeding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, at this point, when I showed my kids this movie, and my daughter was four, yeah, she realized what was going on. Um, based on that which was pretty cool to see that parallel show up Mm. for her Um, so you know that's that's going on Um, eventually there's a cave-in for some reason and Jen is separated and uh, he and Fizgik are together and uh, Kira actually is taken and, and put into the machine to suck her essence out now we've seen that machine suck the essence out of Podling's um, mm-hmm. And it barely does talk anything. About,
0: talk about horrifying.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. D- 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 Jim Henson is amazing at getting you to think that these bits of cloth are alive. Um. To the point where you're like, oh my god, this is torture. Like, there's a oh, yeah. convention against this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And and the the podlings are like the RC cola of of essence when it comes to sucking the essence out like whereas a gelfling essence is like mexican coke um yeah okay you know it's it's coca-cola yeah <laughs> um yeah. but uh so <laughs> is it
0: though <laughs> actually no you know what it is it's original coca-cola that actually has the cocaine in it
1: uh, you know what it does because uh yeah. the, oh my god the skeksis are just like suddenly like, like oh,
0: we should buy a boat um
1: yeah you yeah so <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah. yeah yeah uh but anyway so uh jen finds his way to the dark crystal um agra has by the way stormed in on them eating and she interrupts their their meal because the Gartham captured her by accident, mm. and there's and this is a little bit before all this stuff happens. Yeah. So she's she's taken prisoner, um, which is which is cool, whatever. Um, but while she's there and they're eating, she cops a squat and just grunts. Yeah, and there's no resolution to that, and I and and one of the skeksis goes, oh, how crude, um. And I don't know what she's doing. Like yeah. I have suspicions, having raised children, but it's yeah. really like what? What? How did the? Fuck? How did that? Yeah. yeah. Like it's yeah. just. Oh, so anyway, so she's she's been captured, and so she's in jail, and she, she tells Kira to call to all the animals in the scientist's lair while she's being drained, because Kira's getting drained now and uh agra tells her to call out all the animals and she does she's, all, and mm-hmm. then all the animals come and free her they attack the scientist drive him down into the fire of of the depths where they keep the right. dark crystal and uh including Fizgig, uh which we're like oh shit he sacrificed himself but Fizgig lands on some sort of projection yeah. um and kira actually ends up being uh freed by this uh yeah. and and so she's not drained all the way but she's fucking tired like she
0: they they do a really good job with the effects of of making it clear that she's been aged by the experience physically yes,
1: yeah, like that's the aesthetic it looks like Courtney Love is going for in the early two thousands <laughs> like so you're right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm never going to be able to look at either dark crystal or Courtney Love (laughs) the same way ever again. Well, good luck. (laughs) Have fun. There we go. I mean, Um, I try not to look at Courtney Love. Sure, sure. This crummy individual. But yeah, yeah.
1: So Jen ends up in the uh, in the the palace of the crystal. Yeah. um, And and ends up in the the chamber of the crystal. Pardon me. And he's got the 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 dark crystal shard, and. Kira shows up and he sees her, and then the Skexies capture her. And and I think she ends up with the shard. I don't exactly remember how it works. Yeah. Um, and she basically throws the shard up to him. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Cause they all surround her, like, give us the shard, you know, and you can go free. Mm. And uh, and they they surround her and she throws the shard up to Jen because he's landed on top of the crystal somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh and they stab her and kill her. And And then as she's dying, she tells him to heal the dark crystal. So she plunges it in. Now, while all this is going on, the mystics have been walking the entirety of the movie. See, I think this is good preparation for Lord of the Rings. Um, so the mystics,
0: I can't argue with you, but I want to tell you to fuck off. (laughs) I think both
1: things can be true. Yeah. Um, so Jen, like, like you're you know, not
0: wrong, but fuck you. Right. Just, yeah. dude?
1: Yeah. Quit yeah. being right about that. Um yeah. So Jen heals. He's destined to heal the dark crystal before the great conjunction. When all the signs line, line up, he ends up doing it right then, but only after they've killed Kira in front of him. And once he does all the Gartham that have shown up to like stop him literally just fall apart.
0: There's yeah. Nothing disintegrate together. Just,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, the podlings whose essence the Skeksis were draining to keep living forever. They regain their essence Um, and the whole castle begins to fall apart. And just as that happens, the mystics have finally arrived at the castle Um, and the Gartham that tried to guard them away from it. They just kind of wave them off and the Gartham like all step to the side. And so now there's only eight Skeksis and eight mystics and the mixed mystics, mystics come in Um as Jen repairs the crystal, making the heart of Thra whole again, the mystics and the Skexis combine to become these beings of pure light. Uh, they become one again. They're karmically linked races, and they become their true higher selves. Uh and then they leave Thra for the Gelflings with the healed crystal. So they they literally transcend the planet. Yeah. The castle in which the Skeksis had lived loses its dark carapace. That all falls away. And its true form, which is this crystalline form, obviates itself again. The dead valley and wasteland that led up to it, uh, that was Thra, is now a fertile and verdant valley again. And that's the trick. It's the word again. Um, By healing the crystal heart of the planet uh, so that it was whole and it was no longer used for dominance, but instead for healing. Everything becomes its own truer, higher version of itself. Kira is brought back to life.
0: Which gets back to the text of...
1: Yes, the Seth material.
0: Seth, Seth, yeah.
1: And that's the New Age version. That's the LSD version, right? Uh, Both of which Jim Henson didn't know much about... And and that's that's all there. I mean, that's that's absolutely worked its way into the ending of his movie from the Mm -hmm. shit that he was reading Uh, at the same time. Here's the geopolitical version, um, which I have no reason to believe that he knew much about, but which there's absolutely was happening at the time. Um, So, you know, again, water that we swim in. Right. Yeah. 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 the two-state solution for Israel and Palestine, which the United Nations had already put forth, started at the same time that Henson was first writing the story. The PLO even accepted it as a talking point as as early as 1975, when Henson was snowed in. What the movie is saying, what it's drawing on, what the the idea is, is the idea that once the Palestinians and Israelis realize that they're part of the same land much of what is dry and cracked, but which once was lush and verdant. Once they realize that they're basically the same people, which they're not, but this is Jim Henson. Yeah. Um, white,
0: out, outside white guy with a beard. Right. Receiving the situation. Right. Yeah.
1: Um. Once the ones who are in power merge with the ones who are out of power, once they stop retaliating against each other, once they stop living in two different realities, and they blend their realities and states again. They will then see, literally, see the light, um, and they will be the light in the region, and peace will reign. Um, in the most basic, ter- and, and again, that's that's a poor man's understanding of it. It's a man's yeah. poor understanding of it. Um, it's a poor understanding of it for any man. I, I can't permutate the words enough to to get yeah. across yeah, how
0: yeah. How, blinkered how, yeah, how blinkered yeah it is how blinkered
1: it is. In the most basic terms, though, the combination of Skeksis and Mystics are becoming angels, essentially, right? They they yeah beings of pure I mean, light and they they yeah. ascend. Um, they are our better angels, right? So even though the mystics were pretty mm. chill and peaceful and, and 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 into geometry and shit, they had a piece of them that was missing too. Um Okay. And, yeah. and and this is an image that is kind of dreamed up in the whirlpool of culture that included psychedelic drugs, New Age philosophy, and Israel and Palestine's constant conflicts. Yeah. S- Sadat and Beguin's pacemaking, pacemaking, peacemaking, <laughs> pacemaking, <laughs> Jesus. It's like, hey.
0: Thank you. Ha- thank you, uh, Reverend how, Spooner. How, how many me-
1: can you be? Well, about once an hour. Yeah good pacemaking. Yeah. Um, but the the peacemaking that they were doing was proof of that hope, right? That you could have two opposing sides come together. Peace could be had in that region of the world. We have the we have the receipts and the optimism with which Henson approached his movie couldn't help but be influenced by what was in the news around him. Now, that said, he saw the conflict which had rays of hope amid a backdrop of horrific retaliatory violence and wicked oppression, he saw it through the lens of hope. Um, that's okay. hope. Hope punk, right? Yeah. Um, I found this wonderful article written by Amy Knight titled "Big Henson Energy." Uh, nice. Here's a few quotes from it because she writes for a living, and I just translate dead languages and and tell kids about um, uh, John Brown. Um, and, and so I'm just focused on what happened already. She says, quote, I've always tried to present a positive view of the world in my book. It's so much easier to be negative and cynical and predict doom. Uh, I'm sorry. I've always tried to present a positive view of the world in my work. It's so much easier to be negative and cynical and predict doom for the world that it is that than it is to try and figure out how to make things better. We have an obligation to do the latter. Now that's a direct quote from Jim Henson. In July of 2017, a uh, Tumblr user Ariaste, um, who is a fantasy author, uh, whose fantasy author Alexandra Rowland coined okay. the term "Hope Punk." Tumblr. Okay. Tumblr used to be really cool. Um, it 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 had all kinds of fan art, fanon, fanfic. Mm-hmm. all kinds of cool shit. Um it also had like a a whole bunch of different kinds of porn on it. Um yeah. so there's something for everybody. Uh and <laughs> and I think that's awesome. Cuz cuz people would like gather like really, you know, cool expressions of erotica that they really dug. Uh the problem was that um they they essentially overcorrected at at the the specter of and the very real problem of um where there's porn, there's also sometimes uh, child pornography. Mm-hmm. And rather than try to parse any of it out, and dedicate a, a group to that, which. In retrospect, like I've I've seen the need for therapists at Google go unanswered for the people who are also hunting this shit down to make sure mm-hmm. they block it and stop it. Maybe Tumblr got it right. I really don't want to say that because of how much fiction that we lost and how mm-hmm. much cool shit that we lost, how much costuming stuff got lost. Yeah. Um, and how much really cool erotica got lost, but at the same time, okay, you know what? I the, the world has moved on, like and and there's yeah. fewer kids well, being now, victimized there.
0: Now we're so. coming around to the fin de siècle of Twitter. And yeah. so now Tumblr Tumblr might have another opportunity to they might know, try to get it right, you know. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah.
1: at that time, you had a lot of really cool people writing a lot of really cool stories. Um, and uh, she, she coined the term, Alexander Rowland coined the term hope punk. And it's a storytelling trend. It's an ideological stance. And it's a, a big mood that means essentially kindness and softness doesn't equal weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roland believes that, quote, in this world of brutal cynicism and nihilism, being kind is a political act, an act of rebellion. Now, the way that Henson saw things was inherently silly. Um, he used Muppets to make statements, um, usually soft, fuzzy Muppets with many human flaws. Um, but, quote, any silliness was always tempered with overarching notes of respect and empathy. In this way, Henson was subversively earnest and earnestly subversive. Love that quote. Yeah, Um, and the Dark Crystal used so little of that silliness, and yet on its most basic level, it's really quite ridiculous to explain New Ageism, LSD, and the Israel-Palestine conflict and violence using puppets. And yet that's what he did. And he, Jim Henson, valued the individual's ability to make the world a better place. But more importantly, he valued a team's ability to make the world safer for an individual to be strong enough to make it a better place. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, if you look at all the projects he did, yes, you had Kermit. Yes, you had um go- No, no, I'm, uh uh go wasn't Gober uh god dang. The the, the main character in the Fraggles.
0: Oh um, yeah, you I, had him I know who you're talking about, yeah.
1: Yeah, um starts with the G. Yeah. Um you had him, you had Jen, you had all these characters, yeah, they're singular, but at the same time they have a whole bunch of people behind them mm-hmm. um, and you need that. Like, you, you know, to make the world to to make the world a safer place, you need to have a safe place to go. Yeah. Um, and this was the face of what I've listed so many times. He truly Jim Henson truly valued diversity uh, of approach and he saw it as an ultimate good. He said, quote, these themes embracing dynamic and group oriented diversity and its benefits Could be written off as typical territory for kids media, but Henson's creepier, most more adult oriented films, the dark crystal and labyrinth still hinge on the resilient power of community over venal individualism. Why do we discredit stories about cooperation as being lessons? Only children need to learn. Um, which is just
0: wow. (laughs) as Fuck.
1: Yeah. Um, and, uh, this author Knight goes on to point out that being hopeful is gambling. Um, and you know, me and hope, I actually try to live without hope It's you know, Mm -hmm. existential sternness. Yeah. Um, but at least I, I can appreciate this. Uh, it's for other people, but I I can certainly (laughs) appreciate it. (laughs) Um, but because hope, hope is gambling. Right. Um, and it's doing it in such a way that Henson was a master at though, quote, Gambling on hope is a tough gig, but someone's got to do it. Um, philosophies like hope punk help me think that uh, think the pop cultural tide is turning, carrying cynics out, carrying cynics out to sea, returning with a treasure trove of wholesome memes and buoyant themes. When I feel bitter about the swath of serial killer biopics doing the rounds, I watch the latest Dark Crystal Age of Resistance trailer. And I feel connected to all these kindred strangers, preserving, furthering Jim's Jim's vision. The Dark Crystal was the project he felt most proud of. It's certainly the most hope punk in Roland's fantasy, uh, fantastical sense. That's what the author says. Which right. is cool, because it's going to lead me to the next episode, which is going to take on uh, the Age of Resistance. Because that person wrote before Age of Resistance was made manifest. Okay. Now, Knight wasn't exactly connecting Henson's hope punk attitude to drugs and New Age thinking or the Israel-Palestine conflict like I was, but she did note the qualities that he pulled from it. She said, quote, Henson had the luxury of believing we create our real our own reality, and that every everything works out for the best because he moved uh, through his world with a myriad of privileges, um, several of which I don't, w- several of which I share, others I don't. I resent not being born with those that might help me make the dent that Jim did.
0: Yeah, pretty cool.
1: So, which is a nice segue into the, the next episode. So upcoming, yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. to, now that we've taken a look at where the dark crystal was written from, what it came out of, then we're going to look into what age of resistance. Cause b- between the two, Jim Henson died. Yeah. You know, um, between the two, uh, you know, Brian Froud actually continued on. Um, Brian Mm -hmm. Froud, by the way, whose son is Toby Froud, who starred in The Labyrinth. He was the baby. Oh, Oh, cool. And Toby works on the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance with his dad, Brian. Um, Oh, wow. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Uh, But um, in between those two things, a lot of things have happened. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. not the least of which we went from reagan to trump yeah so uh and you know as as we've had said to us um by and i don't know if this episode is dropped yet but by our friend jason um mm. who discussed mm-hmm. punk rock with us he said in a perfect world punk rock wouldn't need to exist or it just wouldn't exist um i'm damien phrasing Uh, But essentially, you you don't need Henson's hopefulness. You don't need the relentless, the relentless optimism, the defiant optimism that you see in in Jim Henson's work and uh, his studio's work uh, after he's died. You don't need those things in hopeful times. You don't need those things in good times. But to be perfectly honest, I haven't seen any Dark Crystal stuff in times that were considered good.
0: This is true. Yeah. This is true.
1: So, yeah, so, uh, the Dark Crystal mm-hmm. is absolutely a two-state solution. Um, it is a optimistic, overly simplified view of what should happen in Israel-Palestine. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, um, it is that hope that drove, I think, in many ways, drove Jimmy Carter to think that Camp David Accords were possible.
0: Mm. So yeah, well, I I think, yeah, that's, that's definitely a commonality between them. What it, what it winds up making me think of, uh, Mm -hmm. when you mentioned, when you mentioned the part about Jim Henson, considering diversity of approach and, and diversity as, as its own good, Mm -hmm. um, what it actually led me to think of immediately was uh his son brian henson's Mm -hmm. i'm i'm going to say possibly biggest project i don't know for sure that it was but uh the the tv series farscape he did Farscape. yeah it was that was the jim henson company and uh brian henson was i want to say one of the executive producers and um That involved a lot more than puppetry, but puppetry was a huge, big part of it. Right. Um, And what is one of the most remarkable things, and I think it's most most noticeable, it's most obvious, I think, Mm -hmm. during the first season when they were really throwing everything against the wall to be like, no, 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 no. Let let me explain to you how just how fucking big this universe actually is. (laughs) Um, was the the sheer diversity of the of the world, of the background creatures in it. like in in the last episode you you talked about um, you know, the the main characters of the Dark Crystal getting swallowed up by the world around them, oh, yeah. And I think Brian Henson and the team at Farscape were actually trying to accomplish that. Like consciously, I can think of a couple of specific scenes in the first season of Farscape where uh, one of the most notable and one of my favorites is they go into a bazaar on one of the planets. They, they wind up getting stuck on because they run out of gas or they're running low on food or whatever it is. And um, they're just walking through this marketplace and there must have been 20 or more different, alien puppets. Oh wow. On you know, doing different stuff. And and one of them is this big, terrifying, toothy monster that kind of growls at Crichton, the main the human main character. Uh and and for a second, you know, you're thinking, oh my God, the monster is loose. And then no, it's just one of the stall vendors who's like, you know, either buy something <laughs> or fuck off. You know? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and and it was there was this subconscious uh kind of message about diversity because you know all of these creatures are equally sentient with one another and they're all there to make a living and they're all getting along you know and right. and that's and that's just happening in the background that's not even that's not even part of the plot.
1: Right. I was gonna say you it's know? not even yeah <laughs> it's not even it's not even germane to the plot. It is literally yeah. You know, it's it's uh it's it's what you hope that your players admire as they walk past instead of turn left into when you're trying yeah. to get them to the inn
0: Yeah, Yeah. precisely. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and. Um... Oh,
1: and Jesus, the the swamp. I mean, it, it really is. It's the swamp scenes that really. There's things where, like, you follow this creature that's running along and it, it runs into, like, you know, this little grotto and turns out the grotto is alive. Yeah. And it swallows the creature and then all the things that are on the surface like feet feet away are yeah. reacting to the nutrients that it's getting. Like it's yeah. insane how alive like, you know, something runs by and suddenly all the flowers disappear. You know, yeah. because they're hiding and and stuff like that. Like it's it's really really not just lived in, but living.
0: Oh yeah. Uh you know? on on a very on a very meaningful level. And I think like in the in the just in the just in the background of the stuff that the Henson Studio did does mm-hmm. there are so many other themes that we could spend time talking about because I remember because it was it was not so long ago that we weren't doing the podcast when I was showing the movie to my students mm. at my old site. I remember thinking, you know, there's there's meat on this bone about this being a post-apocalyptic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and all being you know this this wasteland post-apocalyptic kind of kind of wilderness and then i was thinking about you know and by the same token all of the terrain that we see in conan the Barbarian, arid you know semi-desert because it was filmed you know in spain part of the world where it was but you know still visually we see so much of that during this time period it's like oh yeah you know is this is this subconsciously you know the fear of nuclear war going on what you know um and then there was even a part of me that looked at the lettering on on the title for the dark crystal Mm -hmm. and the and the lettering that was used for conan the barbarian and i was like okay no wait i gotta i gotta look at part of this here because what's with this aesthetic Sure. Because it's because it's a similar prog rock album cover kind of kind of <laughs> lettering. You know, and um you know it it's it's interesting it's interesting that Henson had all of this bleakness and all of this genuine horror. Um mm-hmm. uh, I mean I mean, like you said, the the brilliance that he and his all the people working for him had at making you believe the puppets were alive. Yes was was on the one hand, it has all the wonderment of everything you just described with with all of the stuff in the background. And then the yeah. other the other edge of that sword is watching you know one of the podlings being zombified mm-hmm. you know by the dark crystal and just it being viscerally horrifying. Oh yeah. But even in the middle of that horror I I I'm I'm really I resonate really strongly with with the core of it all was hopeful. Yeah, you know.
1: Like I mean and it's it is apocalyptic. It's it's absolutely apocalyptic. Like for one side or the other it will be apocalyptic. You've got the two things that are the last of their kind, so that's apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. trying to bring about the end of a world order that made them so, but that is going to be apocalyptic for the final eight of their kind. Like yeah. everything's dying off in this, except for the podlings. Uh, they are in abundance.
0: Well, that's, uh-huh.
1: um, Which is the thing I want you to keep in mind as we go further along, because there will be a character named Hup that is just, I think he's my favorite character out of all of this. <laughs> he all is right, cool. so fun. He's a, a paladin with a spoon. Um, but okay, um, and he's a podling. Uh, okay. but yeah, by and large, save for the podlings, everything is either dying, dead, killed, or on its way off this mortal coil. Um, and even when the, the grand conjunction happens and the Skexis and Mystic are made whole again, they mm-hmm. fucking leave. Um, yeah. Which, which we will get into why that happens. Uh, the thing right. is, um, the, the, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but the, the season, um, uh, Age of Resistance, uh, mm-hmm. only had one season and yeah. it, it did not finish.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: So, I mean, it has a Star Wars ending. So okay. that at the end of, 10 episodes it can be a finished thing mm. but it's so clear that they wanted to do more
0: so was that just budgetary that it was like this is just we'll get into way that. too okay
1: we'll get into cool. that yeah so because I, I've got some thoughts on that so alright yeah Well, I think we've kind of talked and covered the gleaning is there anything else that you so. uh, want to analyze or glean from it
0: mm, not particularly okay. Um, just that it's a damn shame we lost uh jim henson one we did yes um because there's so much stuff that we could have gotten as a society that that we missed out on but quite so yeah that's that's all i've got at that point okay
1: well uh what are you reading what do you want to recommend
0: uh well i'm again going to throw out a renegade history of the united states um, because it just, more people need to read it. And, um, I'm also going to throw out, uh, the entire oeuvre of, uh, Bishop O'Connell, most especially to Gunwich, um, for all of the reasons that I've mentioned any number of times before. Um, how about you?
1: Uh, I'm going to recommend the Dark Crystal, The Ultimate Visual History uh by Cassine Gaines, uh, but it's gonna feature a ton of the artwork of Brian Froud, um, which uh and he also wrote the he and his wife wrote the introduction. Um, but it is just just this incredible. Like if you like Brian Froud's aesthetic, then you're gonna love this. But if you don't, um it's still just incredible visuals and it's you know good concept art of the dark crystal, and it's it's really, really good. All right, so, cool. That's yeah, cool. Well, where can folks find you if they want to find you?
0: Um, I can be found on Twitter at catfetchter. I can be found on uh, TikTok as Mister Underscore Blaylock. Um, and uh, if you want to see any of my stuff, send a send a request, and uh, I will. I if if you don't look like you might be one of my students, I will probably approve you. <laughs> um, and. Uh, Uh, we collectively uh, can be found online at www.geekhistorytime.com. You have already found us either on Stitcher or on the Apple podcast app, wherever it is that you have found us. Thank you for listening and please be sure to subscribe and give us a uh, positive review. Uh, I certainly think uh, that for his work here, Damien has earned five stars. Um, and yeah, and then we can be found collectively, uh, for the time being until Twitter goes up in a ball of uh, blue tweeting, twitching flame. Uh, we can be found there as Geek History Time on Twitter. Where can you be found, sir? Uh,
1: well, to be honest, um, let's just stick to the live performances for now. Uh, you're too late for the December one, so I would recommend you go to the January 6th performance if that's already happened. At Luna's at 8 p.m., bring $10 plus Proof of Vax, plus another $10 for food and maybe a couple bucks for stickers and or, uh, you know, pins. Uh, We're worth it. Um, Then you can go to the February 3rd show at Henry's Bar in Sacramento. Um, you, You have a smartphone. You're listening to us on it. So go ahead and look up Henry's Bar. Uh, but that's February 3rd. Same thing. Proof of acts, $10. Uh, but also it's a bar and grill. So you want to buy food and drink there. Um, it's going to be a really good show though. So those are the two places you can find me. Um, if for some reason this releases after February, Mm. um, then, uh, also the March 3rd show at Luna's, um, same, same bat time, same bat channel. So cool. That'll, that'll do it. Yeah. So, for A Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.